This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 213, the beautiful blend of Indian dance and more through Blue 13 Dance Company. Hello there and welcome to session number 213 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus. The lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. I'm thrilled to share a wonderful, fantastic conversation that I had recently with the incredible Achinta S. McDaniel, founder and artistic director of Blue 13 Dance Company based out of Los Angeles. I'm honored to promote and share two different events that they have coming up for the month of September. If you're in the LA area, you don't want to miss these. They're going to be so fun, so entertaining, so immersive. And if you're not in the LA area, just check out their information. They have a lot of stuff coming up and uh, they might be in a town near you. Who knows? But they are awesome. Blue13dance.com. That's B-L-U-E 13dance.com. And I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Achinta as we talk about classical Indian dance, some of the perceptions of um, different dance forms and expression and art making and all the cool things, all the stuff that I totally geek out about and can talk about for hours on end. So you you know this about me if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, but I'm just so thrilled again and so honored that I get to have these conversations. So let's go ahead and dive in so you can hear the amazing Achinta S. McDaniel. Thank you so much for joining me. Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. New Girl, Speechless with Minnie Driver, DJ Snake, The Amazing Race, Walt Disney World, Heineken, and Snapple, to name a few. Household names, and they all have something in common. The creative work of my guest today, Achinta S. McDaniel. In addition, the following words further describe this acclaimed artist. Prolific, powerful, a pioneer. Achinta S. McDaniel is a choreographer, performer, educator, and artistic director of Blue 13 Dance Company based out of Los Angeles. She draws from techniques including Bhangra, Katak, and Bollywood, hip-hop, ballet, jazz, tap, and modern dance to create spectacular and theatrical dance. She is known for her experimentation with international styles and for inventive staging of her signature contemporary Indian forms. Her choreography is highly dramatic and a real reflection of her upbringing. Eastern and Western, exotic, mysterious, wild, rebellious, and unconventional. Achinta's work is fearless and inventive, ever exploring the boundaries of contemporary dance as a first-generation Indian woman. Before I bring this amazing artist on, I want to give a plug for some stuff coming up, which is why I'm having her on the show as well. Check out her information at, for her and her company at blue13dance.com. That's B-L-U-E 13dance.com. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, there will be a Bollywood dance night at the Music Center on September 10th. I will link all of this information in the show notes so you can go if you're in the area. Highly recommend it. And then, and also this performance coming up that I'm so excited to see, Shadi, which means um, which means wedding in Hindi. This is going to be an immersive dance experience. It's on September 17th and 18th at the Heritage Square Museum in Los Angeles, 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets. You're not going to want to miss this. Okay, I have to have her on right now. It's so amazing. And there's some backstory I want to talk about. Achinta, are you ready to go? I'm so happy to have you. I'm ready to go, Annette. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Okay, backstory. First of all, we have a common friend we just talked about off screen. And uh, she had recommended your classes pre-pandemic. And, you know, all this stuff happened. And, you know, like everything (laughs) happened for everybody, right? 
Everything so happened. I wanted to, yeah, everything <laughs> happened. I was supposed to see Blue 13 at Wallace. I don't know if you probably do remember because there was a, I was invited as press to this meeting that the Wallace had with, uh, with the companies for the upcoming season, Diavolo. That's Blue right. 13. There was a whole bunch and they were, you know, Heidi Deckler, some local ones that I know these are your colleagues and people that you know as well, yeah. but I didn't get a chance to see you. So I'm like, what happened? How come I didn't see Blue 13? <laughs> oh, it, no. it was back in February, right? 2020 that you did. It uh, was, it was, I think it was, we were really lucky to have had that happen right before everything got shut down. It was the 21st and 22nd of February, 2020. So yes, it was like one and, of the last yeah. things we were allowed to do and able to do. I was listening to a clip of uh, a promotion for on KUSC radio for that performance. And let me see if I'm pronouncing you right to Sikori and Gongros. Is that correct? Woo, pretty good. <laughs> so Sikori and, and Gongros. Yeah, Gongros are the bells that we wear on our ankles. That classical Indian dancers wear on our um, ankles to sort of augment the rhythmic footwork that we employ. So getting immersed in the yoga culture, I'm so fascinated that there's so much more than just the physical practice of yoga I'm learning. And, and as much as I've learned, I feel like, wow, there is a lifetime and beyond of things that I'm so excited to learn about. And one of the things um, yoga related also as well in terms of movement is, um, and this goes back to when I talked to um, another guest of mine from Lila Dance Collective, Rina Mehta, and uh, oh, learning, a, yeah, and learning about katak, and uh, and that it's just one form of Indian classical mm. dance. Just mm-hmm. like Bollywood is one form, it is not the, you know, umbrella of Indian dance. So, do you want right. to talk about that, Achinta? Oh, about I think yes, it's really important I want to talk about that. I feel like that's <laughs> all I talk about in my life and work, but I love that because I think it's so important, especially in the West, especially in the United States. There's very little knowledge of um, forms that are outside of the Western canon, usually, and this in particular Asian forms. Um, and Indian dance, I will say this is not one thing, right? So we might see a clip on YouTube or watch some Bollywood representation on a reality show or something. And even within that, there's so many different forms that are practiced in Bollywood and Bollywood really is an umbrella that pulls from a bunch of different forms, but it's not the representation of all Indian dance. In fact, there's multiple film industries within India. It's just that Bollywood happens to be the largest, but there are multiple film industries. There's multiple languages spoken all over India. There's multiple different forms of dance, movement, there's folk styles that all influence these different film industries. And there's eight different classical Indian styles, right? You talked to Reena about Kathak being one. There's Bharatanatyam, Kuchipuri. There's multiple classical Indian forms that are rooted in storytelling that are thousands of years old. But those have also had a real depth of influence in all the more commercial forms, right? So storytelling still being at the heart of it is what we really see as a common thread. But I all I'm so glad you asked that, Annette, because it's so important that we all acknowledge that there's not just this is the monolithic representation of all things Indian, right? So really just like you're saying about yoga, I will say this too is like well, you don't go to India for a week, right? Or one month and expect that you're going to see the whole country, right? There's no way to do that. Same in your practice of yoga and any of the dance forms. It takes a real depth and length of study to really learn about all, every um, history and nuance of the form. So. so you mentioned storytelling, and I understand that Blue 13 is very much rooted in storytelling in the work that you do. And I listened to a clip that you did through KUSC Radio about that. And um, as you as an artist and then you as someone appreciating art from other artists, do you look at them and say, OK, what story are they telling? Is it important to you that you see a story or are you going into a performance or whatever thinking, OK, I just want to be entertained or does it depend on who it is? What would you say about that? That's a great question, too. And I think I love that because just like we're saying India has so many different forms of dance and all of that. I also, especially as like a daughter of immigrants here feel pulled in so many different directions in my life and identity. And so the work obviously reflects that. And it, and the answer is yes. And (laughs) to all of that, yes, I go into viewing work, wanting to see emotion and storyline, but I also will go into it just wanting to see pure abstraction and movement for movement's sake or shape or form like a diagram. And I approach my work in that same way. So even though, yes, it's rooted in storytelling, that's something inherited also, right? Just being Indian. But um, it won't always be a Bollywood 
number. It won't always be a, a narrative. And sometimes it will be a narrative that will get interrupted with moments of abstraction. And I, I guess what I'm trying to sort of investigate through the work and not just educate is that like with Blue 13, any of the work that we create, it's about just being in the experience and understanding that idea that American dance is this, right? That I don't need to be separated just because of I'm brown and that I'm first generation born in this country, that my work has to be classical Indian or has to be Bollywood. And there's nothing to depart from that. And also that contemporary means something other than being Indian. Like I really like to beg that question, right? And interrogate that notion that we, that we receive that contemporary dance means white dance companies, European forms, or Alvin Ailey, and that's it. <laughs> yes. Oh right? my God. Yes. So, did you feel that? Did you ever? Was there ever a point where you felt a struggle with having to make a decision of I need to represent this because this is who I am culturally? You know, this is my background, or this is my training because you you know you're trained in everything else. So, did you have that tug early on? Of yes. what do I do? Still. Because still, oh my gosh, ah! it never ends. <laughs> but it never ends. That tug, the like, I, I grew up, uh, um, really privileged. I'm very lucky. Um, so and my parents were amazing and have always given us everything. And so I grew up, but really like in this white adjacent, you know, very. I mean, it was pretty diverse the school I grew up in, and it was wonderful, but small, but very privileged and very like white neighborhoods, very, you know, so there's that idea of growing up in that and trying to really satisfy good Indian girlness at home and trying to be basically white at school, mm -hmm. right? Or not even mm -hmm. trying to be just like not understand being so young, you know, that whole idea of like, this is the majority, this is what I aspire to, this is beauty, this is that, you know, even in dance and growing up dancing from the age of three in ballet and tap, starting with that, you know learning it that way, what to fit into, what to aspire to sort of equated with whiteness. And then in growing up and and the evolution of self and identity and all of that, then that struggle and that it never stops, but it used to be soul tearing, you know, when you're 14. Mm, yes. <laughs> and that's why I started choreographing when I was 14 because so it was not by accident, I guess. <laughs> um, but much more exploration of modern dance then too was like, okay, let me let go of this, not let go, but ballet is there. But what, what's going to, what can I dance about that these feelings that I don't know how to speak about because I'm 14 and riddled with angst <laughs> and I'm trying to, <laughs> and I'm trying to please everybody, right? Like who, and who am I going to be, right? So just trying to figure out self. Then later that struggle just becomes, I say this a lot. I don't tell, does this resonate with you in some way? Oh my goodness, um, it totally resonates with me. <laughs> this idea that like that struggle becomes identity. Like that feeling, oh. that 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 walking that line is just who I am, but not just me alone. If it resonates with you, then we're on that line together. That means, oh, that we have this cultural common dialect that we can speak that a lot of other people cannot ever understand. Yeah, but that we uh, yeah. have that together. So that gives me a lot of where it would fill me with fear as a child. Now it feels like, oh, I have others that are like this and we have our own, you know, um, we, we create our own art and we have an understanding in our conversations, right? So it does resonate with, I see you nodding too. So <laughs> this totally resonates with me because like you were saying, you, you, it's just been so glamorized that this, like you said, this is contemporary dance. This is modern dance. And if you don't fit into it, then are you really a dancer? At least for myself, it mm. was like, oh, I'm not, okay, I don't fit into these necessarily. Am, am I, just because my, you know, my body doesn't look like your European ballet dancer, does mm. that mean that I can't do something with it? And this past year or this past couple of years, I, I just feel like, well, I feel very fortunate because I've run into teachers that approach ballet very differently. And it's gotten mm. me to fall in love with ballet again, because they talk about, the way they teach us, you, you know, this art form is here to serve you the way that you move and what you want mm. to do for it, not you trying to fit into this certain aesthetic of what, you know, what you might think or what's been, you know, and I know we're getting mm. to that point. And I know I realize that, 
it's starting. It's still, I just think it's still a process. It's not totally there yet. I don't know if you feel that way. It's, it's, it's getting there. Process. <laughs> it's getting it's there slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And we make strides in some areas and we might take steps back in others, but yes, I mean, just foot on the gas, I guess the whole that, time. Yes. Yeah. Progress <laughs> is progress, right? That's what I yeah. think, you know, every little step, every, every forward motion. And then we have, you know, people like you, artists like you that just represent this, just this amazing work of, Oh, I was looking at everything that's coming up, like the film. Of course, we talked about the downtown dance LA, the, the immersive yeah. dance experience coming up, and then the yeah. Disney stuff, and then um, the Las Vegas residency. I'm like, oh <laughs> my gosh. But I'm not surprised because, I mean, you, your work speaks for itself, you know? And I want to read this quote I found on your site, too, that I just absolutely loved. Oh it says, gosh, thank you. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Our work <laughs> has always been rooted in unveiling inequity and celebrating with radical joy in the face of adversity. We talked about adversity, right? We are not any one thing to serve to satisfy white-centered ideology. We are not inferior in our Bollywood, in our abstract work, on stage or in a cipher. We are a brown and black global majority dance company and our blood is blue. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I'm so dramatic, Annette. <laughs> uh, dramatic, impactful, but not like, I mean, you're, it's like, this is what I love about, this is what I read. I resonate with people that stand for something, but not, but, but there's like backbone to it. You know, like mm. people can stand for something and they can say right. all these things, but there's right. nothing to, there's no evidence of what they're saying. Like mm. to me, mm -hmm. words are important, but action behind that is so much more important. Oh, I love that. And I love so how you that too. I so resonate because I'm like, that is a bold statement. But man, that company stands for that. She stands for that. We I do. Love it. And we really are. All, we're a brown and black company. We are. <laughs> and we and when I say global majority, I love that term mm -hmm. because I'm not going to call myself a minority. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, and and uh, and just like the idea that like, yes, there's always been that struggle to be the representation of Indianness, um, it, it, that way it's getting a little bit better too. There's more people, younger people coming up, doing much more stuff like in the in the YouTube space and Instagram space and all that, which is great. Um, but just sort of being now, I feel old, but like being a veteran oh, of gosh. like creating this stuff, um, it's nice to talk to them too and to start to this. A part of the struggle is like fighting the myth that we are scarce and there can only be one. So when I say there can only be one, I say it in so many different ways, right? There can, there is not just one form of Indian dance. There doesn't have to only be one Indian on stage or mm. on your roster or in your, on your season, right? That we're multiple things, but seriously, we're, we're so undereducated in the West, and especially in the United States of the multiplicity of different global majority artists. I'm speaking from the South Asian American perspective, obviously, meaning there can only be one classical Indian performance and that's it. And the idea that we also hear that like classical Indian dance is elevated and everything else is inferior. Hello, doesn't that go hand in hand with that inherited racist ideology of all the black dance forms and practices in this country? Those are inferior. Those are entertainment. They belong on the street. Yes. Ballet and all the white forms belong on the stage. So I like defy that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the other point of privilege from that quote in particular is like, I'm, I'm saying I'm from a place of privilege that I now feel like I can stand up and loudly, yes, put a target on my chest when I loudly say I'm gonna say F white supremacy and I'm not just gonna say it like you're saying like actually delve into it talk have the tough conversations with the gatekeepers that might not hire us or give us the job because I spoke up too much but I have to do that and like take the bullet sometimes and not just me alone obviously so many people before me and next to me and after me that do that and have done that for years and years and years um so it's just it's just that constant thing will keep going but the hustler i feel like that we've had to be all of the dancers in the company not just me everyone has had to like be extra excellent at all the forms all the time to get this much of 
space, right? Like wherever, wherever you can get it. So having all of that um, has like fueled this now where I am in my career, where I feel like, wait, 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 wait. It's time to stand up and be like, here we are, not going anywhere. You're not going to make the space or you're going to be wonderful like the Wallace and be like, yes, we're going to put you on stage, obviously, right? Or if you're going to still be the old way and, and be like, no, we can't really sell Bollywood tickets. Like I hear that kind of stuff still all the time, meaning, and even things like, oh, she's the Bollywood one. I'm like, Bollywood isn't a, isn't a name that you mean the Indian woman? What are you trying to say? You know, like we are just <laughs> always hearing this kind of stuff. So, so the, the rough part of that and that then is like, yes, you're taking the bullet, but like cons the exhaustion of constantly having to educate mm. the, the uneducated in the dance room in all of the ways commercial concert in pedagogy wherever it is just to like our mere existence is something we always talk about that we just exist not as classical indian that we're from india that we exist and we're born and raised here and it's new for so many people because we're the first generation to be born here and making this work right so that's a long long road <laughs> but it's 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 necessary and we just keep fighting it. I'm probably going to keep doing that <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Oh my gosh. Just, you know, I, again, like I said, I'm learning so much. Do you feel um, in your, um, your position as USC faculty on, in the dance department, how has that been educating the students coming in that come from maybe a more privileged background? Cause it's not, yeah. it's not cheap to d study dance there. <laughs> mm. I know that, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> not, and, but I'm so grateful that they've adopted, you know, like they've, brought in such a diverse faculty and and the yeah. subjects that are talked about it's not it's not um prevalent in all universities teaching dance i mean some oh not at all are, yeah are still just on that you know i came from that school at, uh, where it was just kind of in a box you know so mm -hmm. how has that been dealing with your students with educating them on all this well that's like pure that's a pleasure per mostly <laughs> <laughs> no it's a pleasure whereas like if, okay if I'm educating somebody that's like, I don't know, let's just say like an older straight white man that runs some massive theater, right? That's different. I have to educate him. And then that's automatically what I'm educating and telling him, hey, I, I exist and this and that. And this is what you're doing wrong <laughs> in a gentle way. Mm -hmm. You know, all the fragility that goes along with it is exhausting all of that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the students, it's just, uh, it's so, it's loving and wonderful. And I feel really privileged to teach them because they really come in i think if you're joining that program too you're coming in knowing that we're continuing to have these conversations about equity and white supremacy and anti-blackness and uh, you know that we're continuing having those as a faculty so you you're coming in as a student who wants to be a part of our culture right so i predominantly am not getting any um i don't come in with a lot of like privilege or anything just really eyes open wanting to learn right wanting to learn through movement, wanting to learn uh, academically and really and really have brilliant. I mean, the second years that are going in, I had the privilege to teach them in, um, in a course last year on Zoom <laughs> called uh, World Perspective on Dance Performance. And that was just, I mean, they're incredible. I'm like, you're how old? You're 18. Just really smart, open, willing to discuss, willing to sit back be quiet when they need to be recognizing privilege, you know, so they're ahead of us, a lot of us and people that are older than us in a lot of ways. So that's, that way it's a real privilege. And I would also say that not everyone who comes in are like a bunch of rich kids, right? <laughs> so they, so there's a really nice diversity of background in a lot of our students too, which is really refreshing. Oh gosh, that, that's gotta be so re rewarding and to Ugh, be able to like, love it. at such a young age to, for them to learn this stuff at this time. You know, it's so funny because people, some people say like, oh, kids have it so hard. Yeah, they do, they do have it hard than when, you know, when I was a teenager. There's different, you know, we live in a different time, but at the sure. same time, they're learning so much. You know, they're equipped with so much more. They, they, mm -hmm. you know, they have so many resources available to them. And so, yeah. you know, I look at it, I, I always try to look at it more on the positive. Because I feel like sure. we're very abundant. As as crazy as what's been going on in our world today, we have an abundance of resources that we can tap into, and you know, people and amazing artists like you that we get to learn oh, from. And that's watch a great. And, I oh love that thought. Yeah, there's such a wealth. There's such a wealth. There's such an abundance of resource. That's a great point. I'm gonna yes. say that to them when they complain. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So you have you have your students at USC. You have your dancers within Blue Thirteen. Do you um, have some common practices with both in terms yeah. of yeah? Do you um, or do you approach it? You know, it's, you have the students who are there to get a degree. You have your dancers. You're pre- prepping for a show or whatever. How you know? Yeah. What are the similarities? What are the differences in the way that you um, approach your work? Yeah, I think that that's a great question. I think that. Um, it's still just because that edu- that lack of education is there for classical Indian and Bollywood and those forms that are just sort of in my wheelhouse and in my blood. Also ballet and tapajaz and modern and all that, but there's a lot more knowledge about that those forms, the more Western forms. Um, so in that way, even with my beautiful professional dancers that are not in school anymore that I teach that are in the company, there's still a, a deep uh, level of improvisation, learning, training that takes place um, in their tenure with a company. So my associate director, John Paul, who's like my right hand, has been with me, I think, for 11 years. And, you know, he's the he's the he's the minority. He's the white boy from the Midwest (laughs) (laughs) Um, that I love and adore. And he has like a deep respect for the form for just all we have these conversations is basically what I'm trying to say not just with the students that I teach in in the studio or at the university level or master class whatever it is but also with the company we're dancing together we're training we're doing all this but we're also constantly engaging having the conversations especially over the course of this past 18 months to really hey what has it done it's given us to take the time when we couldn't see each other we're still getting together once a week on zoom for a few hours to move a little bit, but to really talk, right? Post George Floyd's murder, talking about inequity, that's reifying our devotion to fighting inequity in dance, right? In all ways that we can. Um, also just like for the younger dancers coming in or the students to really be like, hey, um, I'm here to be a sounding board for some of this stuff that's difficult to talk about, right? Like just to be able to be there and share space. Um, and, and make it a brave space, I think is a big part of it for both. So oh, that really I overlaps. Love, <laughs> I love how you describe that brave space because you hear safe space, but hearing brave space, I like that too. Oh, there, that just adds another mm-hmm. d- dimension and, and another like layer of safety to that because right. I think they go hand in hand. Oh my gosh. I love mm-hmm. that. Has uh, there, has there been, um, a performance or an event or an experience that still inspires you to this day in your work that you, you constantly feel saw. like that you constantly go back to like, wow, that was such a monumental experience. Mm-hmm. That was such a pivotal moment that has so either informed me personally or informed my work or my process. Is there, is yeah. there anything you can identify? I think there's, there's two big ones, maybe three. Okay. They're wildly different. Okay. The first one, first foremost, 100%. I referenced him before, but it was the first time I saw Ailey company. And it was in Boston, and I probably was like 13. It was like right before all the drama and choreography. I was like, what? And it was Revelation. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? It was unbelievable. It was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> right? To see. Even though I heard, of course, growing up hearing about Ailey, but this was incredible. It was like on the precipice of high school too. So it was just perfect, perfect storm. That's one. One was, I think, like, I don't remember the timeline uh, with my father in India. We went, I think we were in Delhi and we went to a Gattak performance. Ooh. I don't even remember her name now. Just terrible. I think it was Anjali, Anjali. And she was just a soloist and telling, telling the story it was the story was beautiful, but the rhythm for me, and I was I, I was like a huge tap person, rhythm music, all of that means a lot to me. But when I saw her before, she was dragging her her metatarsal, like her balls over her feet, and it was making this. I don't know if you can hear it, like this chime with the gurus with the yes. on. Oh my god! I was like, what is she doing? Why is it such a simple movement? I'm captivated. It sounds incredible. I want to jump on stage. That was another one. Oh, and then a third, I would say, wildly different. Um, I think it was the Royal Ballet. But anyway, it was Midsummer Night's Dream, mm. a ballet production, and the motif was umbrellas. So, like, oh, these hanging massive umbrellas. I think I saw it in Cleveland when I was growing up at the huge playhouse. 
and and Titania is in an umbrella. And I mean, I love Midsummer Night's Dream. I was so drawn to that work, and then to see that on stage, stage like that's so beautiful the dance. So wild spectacle of that, right? Um, and the technique, the incredible technique of Gatak, and then just the oh, the soul wrenching beauty and athleticism and carved musculature of the Ailey dancers. You know, those things all were really like can I do this? What do I do? You know, <laughs> like this is unbelievable. All of it feeling like, Oh, I'll never be able to do this, but imposter syndrome central, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was so young, but those things really, really affected me. So you have those things that have inspired you that will, that are forever etched in your memory. And then now you're in the studio, you're working with your dancers, you're working with your students, you get stuck. So what do you do? How do you work through those moments where you're like, I don't know what to Block. do anymore. Yeah, where those yeah. creative blocks, how do you work through them? And um, what would you say about that? Yeah, just that's a good question about, I think that's part of the brave space. And I don't know. And part of it is like always having imposter syndrome, I think, no matter mm. how, it doesn't matter what my resume looks like. And all, there's a little bit of that. I'm really confident in a lot of ways, but sometimes that little doubt will creep in right back here. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what gets in your way. It, it doesn't happen very much more when it does it's, it can uh, be paralyzing but I do one funny thing which is which John Paul is makes fun of me and my dancers because I'll be like okay wait and then and I'm teaching and then I'm like what I'm horrible at taking notes too so I sometimes <laughs> just fly in and I've just it's all in my brain mm -hmm. so then I have to run to what's my safe space <laughs> which is just like wherever the wherever the sound system is, I have to like turn my back to the dancers and then I have to be like, I look crazy in the corner and I'm like, I'm like <laughs> doing like a thing. I'm like, okay, I'll take this. Okay, oh, oh yeah. Okay. 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 And then I come back and they're all like staring at me looking crazy in the corner and coming back. I do that, but, but that's like a fun, silly one. But more importantly is to um, approach things improvisationally mm. and really mm. trust. And that takes a lot of bravery to let go of like, the control of the ship and to really trust my dancers, John Paul, everyone to like, it's hard for me still to let go of mm. control, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but to move and to have space to create and really be in love with the process. And it's hard to do that when you're churning out 9,000 things. Um, it's hard to be about the process and not about the commodity at the end, but that's a place to like recenter, recheck that. Like, wait, what am I doing here? Yes, we might have to, suddenly be faced with like new girl and opportunity and that we have to like be a factory, <laughs> but also to really relish in the process and to be um, really there and super present and mindful with the dancers in the space usually helps me reset and check in. I just thought about something because you were talking about process and just you, then you have those moments, like you said, with new girl where you, you had to produce something mm -hmm. and it, it was, you know, of course in entertainment, there's the, the time factor, right? Yeah. But right. because of the, because you're so rooted in your mission statement, what you do, your processes as it is, even without that, I think that totally aids that process mm. and makes makes it faster because you're you already have that foundation. Mm. If, if you didn't have that foundation, it wouldn't be what it is. That mm. that's my belief, and that's wow, why you're able to do that. That's gr that's thank you. I'm leaving. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> really, that's really well stated. I guess I. Had a thought about it like that. Of course, that makes sense. <laughs> and I, you know, I've only learned that in the last couple of years where I, I value mm. process so much because, you know, as a society, as a culture, we're so, the Western, we're so driven by the end result. Product. I'm product, all product. about, I'm all, believe me, I'm all about goals and result, you know, sure. getting to a desk. I'm all about that. But sure. I've really, really, as, and as cheesy as it sounds, I, I really have learned to relish the journey. And I feel mm -hmm. like, time and space allots that because you've allowed that brave space for that, right. you know, right. but um, if you weren't rooted in what you do and your belief mm. system and all that, you wouldn't be able to, you know, on a, on a whim, you were, you wouldn't have been able to get that great product that you produce for so many of these companies, but it's because yeah. you have that thank foundation. You. So yeah, it's exciting. So I love much. talking about this kind of stuff. Cause it, <laughs> me just, too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I get so and you know what that it. makes me think of too, is like really honoring the individual the individuals that are in the room and trying to be there, whether you're teaching or lecturing or yes. like having the journey be a part of it, even if there's like, okay, there has, has to be a research paper due or, or whatever it is to really like getting to know the individuals and, and body as a way of knowing too. So 
you know, to really, um, like you're saying, like, there's no, like, one, you have to fit into this mold to do ballet or whatever. Same idea um, when we're creating work or improvising it. Oh, not just like, what's your best trick? I'm going to use it in this dance. Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But more like, oh, who are you? Yes. What's your pronoun? What feels right? Am I being respectful in the space? You know, uh, just really, yeah, I, I guess honoring that and that, again, this past year and a half has really been like, oh, take a minute, recognize that we're us being in the space is about it. Like you said, the journey and like making a mark on each other and having these memories of making these marks on each other is all that you take with you. That's yes. it. It's not going to be, I mean, you'll, yes, you'll remember those remarkable performances, which is wonderful. Like, but what about, I was talking about the other day we went on tour like years ago and we were in Morocco and Paris and all that. Mm. And that sounds wonderful, right? And yes, I do it does. Little pieces of performances, but I really remember the plane ride. Oh, being with the dancers and like a dusty studio, being on the tour bus in Morocco, laughing. So, like I remember those moments more than anything else. Is that is that togetherness? So that's I think what even with Shadi, the event we have coming up in September, that means wedding, right? Like you yes. said, and and. For me, I'm sure you're about to ask me something. I'm totally getting into it. Oh Sorry. no! Please, please, please tell me. Even for even approaching Shadi, the work is like we never would have been able to do this in this way right now if it hadn't been for the pandemic. It like made it happen. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do a more immersive, really like choose your own adventure stuff. Like for years, we talked about years ago. I mean, over 10, 15 years ago, we talk, started talking about this never had the time, never had the place, oh, the season, or the touring, or the this, or the that. It never would have happened. If all the touring after the Wallace premiere happened, this never would have happened. All these conversations, the getting together, the brave spaces, all of these ideas, no way. And the idea of Shadi is, for my family, like, I'm best being for all Indians, but <laughs> but for my family, and friends, when a wedding is going to happen next year, coming up, planning my wedding, whoever, oh my gosh, it is like, titillating the the anticipation the planning the prepping the clothes the ready what dances are we going to choreograph for my brother what's the barat procession going to be like all of that the anticipation leading up to it is like the most is like almost more exciting than the actual event those are great too so i was like well what do we do post pandemic responsibly outdoor what do we do i don't want to do a dance in a parking lot yes i was just going to say that because i remember reading about that i'm like she really thought this out because it's not just yeah. that's what a lot of i mean no shade yeah. on anyone but no a lot shade. of people have been doing just like we're just going to put it in the parking Captain. lot right and right. but that's all that but i love how well i cannot wait for this because i love how immersive it's going to be it's going to be amazing yeah, I'm excited. And I was like, well, we also, I can't create something called shoddy or like even the work that we are used to doing without some, it can't be in a parking lot of park. Those are good and fine, but not for this. And not right. for like, it feels like a coming out ball <laughs> after the <laughs> pandemic or not even after, like even with everything we're dealing with, but like it has to be a grand space and site. That's not just a backdrop, but that's part of the work. Yeah. How can we give the audience the reins to be to move at their own pace sometimes for us to pull and beckon them sometimes to walk through these beautiful grounds and to be like they're just going to a big to a neighborhood that's getting ready for a wedding and and there's nothing like a wedding to like create so i want to create that annette for like everyone who's going to come for la to feel that same feeling that we used to feel as a family like or as we prepare for someone's shadi right someone's wedding like we're always I want them to feel that excitement. Like, oh my gosh, I feel safe. We're going to be there. It's outside. We're going to be at a wedding. It's a party. There's a DJ. There's live music. The dancers are roving around with us. All of a sudden, there's a pop-up performance. There's another one. You know, we're not going to sit in a proscenium and watch it. And and just like kind of challenging like what dance has to be. Like everything we've been talking about doesn't have to be received that way. And yes, the pandemic has made it happen. And yes, Heritage Square, where it's held, really shapes the work with the beautiful architecture and the grounds and really we, we make the work for the space. Right. So just really having the audience really be with us on that journey, be characters in it with us. I think it's just so special for something to look forward to and to have, it feels like 
we go to somebody's wedding in India or Bali or here or wherever we go, it's about the happy couple, sure, but it's about the togetherness and it's about the hope, the thing to look forward to, and it's about the reunion. So the reunion of the Angelinos or whoever's coming, this thing to feel safe and hopeful and together is like what I really, what I'm really after for this. Oh, I, I think it's going to exceed beyond that. Knowing, you know, your work and just, <laughs> you know, your mission. And like I said, everything, I'm just gushing like a fangirl about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I love oh my it. gosh. And I have to tell you, Achinta, I, when I looked at your um, choreography reel from 2020, it was only last yeah. year, right? It feels like it was like 20 years ago. I know. <laughs> I couldn't help but smile, but I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I was smiling and just like, I just felt, I had all the feels when I was watching it because mm. I'm like, this is what it's about. This is it. I mean, I was like, wow. It's just, I love those moments where I can look at, at a piece of work and it just make it just fills me with whether I can describe the feeling or not, sometimes it's like joy, sometimes it's sadness. Or, but like right. when I was watching, watching yours, I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. And uh, I just love this. And her work is so diverse. You. And I cannot wait to see her. And I wish I had talked to her when I was at the Wallace at that meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, so. But yeah, I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Are there any, um, oh. actually, I'm going back and forth whether I want to ask you these other questions or just have you plug this coming up. Well, I mean, maybe I'll have you do both. Okay. Let me ask okay. you these three questions. Who sure. is your, who is your favorite choreographer and why do you have one? Oh my gosh. Favorite choreographer is a tough one. Um, just because Ailey with all of that influence, I would go with that just for being the sort of reason I wanted to choreograph in the first place. Yeah. On that one. Mm -hmm. I love Twyla Tharp. Too. Yes, me too. I was debating what to talk about with stand-up performance I saw of hers in Columbus. Ugh, it was gorgeous, stunning, and she's she's wild. Um, who else? For Kathak, probably Biju Maharaj is pretty incredible. I would say for in the Kathak realm of things, and then in Bollywood, there's so many. Mm -hmm. um, but Fire Khan is is a is an old favorite, and she's a girl, so let's go with Fire Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a dance style that you haven't tried but would like to? And why would you like to try it? That's good. Um, I have, what have I not tried? <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, do I even ask this? Because she's tried everything probably. No, it's great. There's some <laughs> that I haven't. Um, probably, maybe like Buto would be something really <gasps> oh, amazing to yes. Um, oh. I always make that. It's like my... New Year's resolution and that every year that I'm going to take other people's classes. <laughs> I am horrible. I never <laughs> fulfill that resolution. Even during the pandemic, I'm like, why am I not taking people's classes online? I don't know. That's I need to. I want so to and I love it. But then some, there's a point where I'm like, I'm tired. My baby's three and a half. <laughs> like, I need do you to have a three and a half year old? I do. Duke. <gasps> I know that a boy or a girl he's a boy his name's oh duke oh my he's gosh. a handful <laughs> yeah, three and a half yeah i would without yeah. knowing anything yes i i understand i have a 15 <laughs> my son is 15 now so oh cute <laughs> what's his name ian uh i love it yeah, yeah so. so you know what i mean i know what you, you mean back and i'm like i don't have time to do anything <laughs> else for myself I'm like, am I going to get a massage or am I going to class getting a massage? Massage, yes. <laughs> yes. As a mom, you got self-care. You got to do what, you know, what feels right at the time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, oh my how gosh. cute. What's, um, okay, so now we're talking about being a mom and dancing and being an artist and all these things. So uh, what dance style would you say is describing your day right now, this moment, and why? Oh, my day right now? Let's see what it's going to be today. It feels like it would be like body percussion mixed with <laughs> bhangra <laughs> with live drumming because it feels Ooh. like it feels like a little like I'm hearing like a rumbling because I'm have all this like excitement and anxiety to prepare mm -hmm. for Shadi and, and then school is starting next week at USC. So just like a little bit like, am I prepared? Here we go. Like we're at the, like it's the beginning of it. So like hearing like a rumbling and getting that body going and like mm. feeling really after so long, I'm like, I'm super out of shape, <laughs> but I feel like everybody feels like that. That's part of it too. Of like r this like revving engine mm. is like where it feels, and also like that pride of Pangra and the Ooh, shoulders going. Yes. To feel like 
we're like celebrating a harvest and hopefully some things will start to get better and people get their get their humanity on track and mm. start loving each other and caring about each other and wearing their masks and taking care of each other a little bit better. <laughs> I love that you said that getting their humanity humanity back because it could be so much about other stuff like oh getting my body back or getting my you know something that's more physical which I'm you know I'm about yeah. physical fitness and all too. that. But I loved there was just something very um very special with what you just said about getting your humanity back. And I mm -hmm. believe that this last, you know, like you said, 18 months has taught us a lot about mm. that. And just, yeah. you know, asking the hard questions. Like I, I asked myself the hard questions of, gosh, what, you know, what am I about? What, what do mm. I believe? What am I standing for? What is my, you know, what am I representing? Not in mm. a condemning kind of way, just a, you know, a very self-reflective like, process, you know? Yeah. And Absolutely. I think even without the pandemic, I think that's a good um, habit to get into, uh, you know, I, I think for myself anyway, yeah. not on any, not any on anyone else. But for me, I'm like, if I want to be the best version of myself, then I need to ask myself these hard questions. You know? Oh, I love that. I'm totally right there with you. It feels like that's been a lot of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And even to unpack the idea of identity and dance, like. I don't know. I, I think a lot of us in dance just like wear it as who we are. And so we're so used to being outwardly um, and it's hard to express ourselves maybe verbally sometimes or in other ways, but it's equally hard. I, part of me wonders, and one of my students who was a first year last year, she's just this brilliant woman, um, made me think about, she was interviewing me for an, in, uh, for her like independent study. Mm -hmm. And it was, she was like, do you think that you, exhaust yourself and are I shouldn't say it like this but like are a workaholic and do so many things all the time so that you don't she didn't say it like this but i'm going to say it how i uh -huh. feel it so that you don't have the time to be alone oh and like self-reflect i was like wow yes <laughs> <laughs> no but really i i feel like a lot of, i'm not speaking for anyone else but i've when I've spoken to other dancers, like we really, we feel like that for so long, that's who we are as dance. And that's it. That's that. So other, try to unpack other things outside of that outwardly performance. is tough. And I wonder if that's right. Like being so outspoken and up there and always on stage in different ways coming home, then you're so tired. You can't think, right? At the end of the night, you're just, I'm done, you know? So, right. Yes. So take, it's been really not like tough and good to like, have to be faced with the past you know yes. two years of of being like oh let me take a take time to see what i'm thinking here what am i doing what have i done wrong who have i left out mm. right mm -hmm. and how can i continue to self-challenge so i take that sort of into the company too um to to always be self-challenging like who we are and that sort of developed into our guiding principle that we finally put on paper, um, which is abide, right? So that's access, yes. inclusion, diversity, equity. And then just if that's my self-check in the classroom, on the street, on the way, what am I doing? Who am I leaving out? Where am I checking myself that some kind of inequity is going on? Where am I getting it from? And how can I face it, right, mindfully and, and, and uh, and, and make amends or fix things. So. Wow. <laughs> it got heavy all of a sudden. Oh, no, but <laughs> in a really good way, in a really fantastic, that's why I love these conversations because they, I, I believe they flow the way that they're supposed to go. And uh, the things that, that come up are supposed to come up. So I'm really happy about that. Well, you um, make it easy and you're so oh, wonderful to speak to, really. Thank you so much, Achinta. Can you tell us as we close out here, um, I mentioned it in the beginning with your website, yeah. blue13dance.com. You got to check out the website. It's really cool. It has everything that you would want to know about the company <laughs> on there and about Achinta. Of course, she's amazing. But um, you. can you talk more about, let's close out by you talking sure. more about the two things coming up for coming uh, up. Bali. Yeah. Two things coming yeah. up. So Wait, people know this is, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's time LA. So you can come out and hang out and see us. Um, I'm going to be teaching, basically screaming on a microphone <laughs> with my, with DJ Sandeep Kumar um, spinning and two of my drummers from the whole nation that'll be playing live at Bollywood Dance DTLA, which is at the Music Center on the newly renovated 
beautiful plaza that hardly anyone has got to traverse upon because of the pandemic. Mm. So we helped open that um, in 2019 when they we were part of the procession opening thing and then 2020 happened. <laughs> and so now it's really nice. We did a digital dance CTLA last year. You can find that on YouTube. So if you're not if you're not in LA and can't show up or feel don't feel safe, it's totally cool. You can see last year's is just on you can link to it from our website at blue13dance.com or you can go on YouTube and check it out. It's uh, Bollywood Dance DTLA. And this one is coming up September 10th, 7.30. I'm really bad at remembering. <laughs> I think it's 7.30 to 11 or 7 to 11. Um, that's going to be just a lot of fun and it's free and it's under the stars and masks are required. And it's just a great way to let loose and dance and have a blast. I'll teach like a couple lessons during the night. Um, so that's really fun. Um, and then... The immersive event is like what I'm so most excited for in my life, I feel like. Oh, <laughs> and yes. that that's Shadi, which means wedding. Um, and that is the immersive. I mean, just think of it like showing up to a neighborhood and they're getting ready to have a wedding and party. And you're kind of in there as an invited guest and you're part of you're glimpsing into the windows and going in your pod into a little mansion and coming out and then there's a huge Bollywood thing and then you go and then there's a contemporary duet like it's really glimpsing into behind closed doors before people present themselves all beautifully for a wedding so it's really it's an exciting evening it's from 7 30 but it, we're gonna open the doors about 7 yes 7 30 to 9 30 is the actual experience um, where there's performances um the head table tickets as we call them <laughs> are for you'll you'll get some indian hors d'oeuvres and wine then there's the main tickets which are we're calling our wedding party and those are uh, you'll receive wine with that and then we also um speaking of abide have ten dollar tickets that are for students and for anyone from that neighborhood so that's the nine zero zero three one zip code sorry the zip code that those are ten dollar tickets um exclusively for for those and that you just need to show id or whatever and then um what was i gonna say oh and then this is important <laughs> uh vaccinations are required or proof of a negative covid test within 48 hours of the doors opening at 7 p.m so you can have it just on your phone or you can email it to us in advance you can see all of that on the tickets link and that's at blue13dance.com we're so excited it's for ages 12 and up so bring anyone 12 and up to the event and just get ready to dance with us we're gonna make you dance you might dance with the bride you might do a little rehearsal during you might be just part of thrust into a punjabi wedding reception scene at the end so we just want everyone to come be safe and have a blast with us Oh, it's going to be a blast and it's going to be so memorable and it's going to be at the Heritage Museum in LA, but all the information will be on the show notes. So again, go to blue13dance.com. You can also go to my site, annettebone.com. You'll be, just do a search, Achinta S. McDaniel, <laughs> and you'll see all this awesome stuff. Anyway, if you search her name, she's awesome, amazing. I can't say that enough. And Thank this conversation you. has just been so wonderful. Thank you so much. And Thank you so much. I'm so that. looking forward to seeing you again. And this time actually talking to you. <laughs> I, I know. I'm excited. We can dance together and talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be so much fun. So thank you again for yeah. being on the podcast, for your time thank and your, you. your creativity and energy and presence. It's so appreciated. Thanks, Annette. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me on this session. Remember that you are valuable, your dreams are important, and it's never too late to be great.